Hi, I'm Paul Johnson. Thanks for listening to the podcast from Life Support. It's so good to have you on Life Support, and what we do on this program is we tell stories, stories about Jesus and how he works in the lives of those who have suffered some kind of trauma or are in a difficult spot in their lives. And it's Christmas, and so I thought I would change the tone just a little bit, but still stick with our main theme and that is how Jesus can really change lives. And what I want to do during our time together is give you hope, because we all know the world needs hope, and especially when people are going through hard times, and the holidays can be really difficult, uh, we need hope. Now, the definition of the word hope in Webster's is to cherish a desire with anticipation, to want something to happen or be true. And for thousands of years, Jewish believers waited for Messiah. They wanted that to be true. And finally, he came. And because he came, the world would change. Israel would be saved. They cherished his coming with as Webster's would say, anticipation and desperately wanted it to be true. And they knew that he was their only hope. And likewise, people all around us are looking for hope. Every single person on this earth is on a spiritual journey. God has created us to be in relationship with him. We are spiritual beings. And so human beings are always searching for that something that will satisfy their heart. But as believers in Jesus Christ, we've found the answer to that quest. We know why Christmas matters, even if it's cluttered up with all kinds of busy stuff. We know that when the Lord came to earth in the form of a divinely conceived newborn baby, hope had arrived. And the end of Israel's waiting and the answer for every spiritual longing was now amongst us. Anticipation had turned to reality. But that happened a long time ago. So is the Christmas story still relevant? Does it really matter? And my answer to that is an emphatic yes. It's a sure sign that there is still hope for you and me. Even with the world the way it is, there is hope. Even as you're attacked for what you believe, there is hope. Even as you fight your own battles against mental illness or addiction, or as you grieve or struggle to keep your marriage together, there is hope. When your child rebels, there is hope. When a friend betrays you, there is hope. When you look around that table during the holidays and that special person is missing, 
there is hope. And when sin seems like a heavy chain around you, there's hope for that too. Whatever you're struggling with, and even if you feel like you're going under, that doesn't change the fact that Jesus is your hope. He's the hope that you're looking for. He's available to you even if you've forgotten how much he loves you. And today I want to remind you that you can live with joy. You can live with confidence and courage because of Jesus. And he is the only hope for the world. Now, the text I want to use is found in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 1, beginning in verse 18. And here's what the Bible says. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man, and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son. And you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. What a last line. God is with us. God is with you. And that's hope of the highest order. And it all happened in a humble town and through a trying human experience. At the time of Jesus, Bethlehem was really nowheresville. It was a little hamlet located about six miles from Jerusalem. And sadly, due to the fight against terrorism and the Israeli-Palestinian struggle, when you arrive now in Bethlehem, you see this massive 30-foot wall with graffiti all over it, and it drapes itself around the entire city. Bethlehem is Palestinian-controlled, so you can't take an Israeli tour bus in, and there is tight security coming out. Still worth a visit, though. And it's amazing to me each time I go there that thousands stand in line to see the spot where conventional wisdom tells us Jesus was born. And it's also amazing that after 2,000 years, pilgrims still come from all over the world to glimpse what it might have been like to be there on that night and to touch the spot where God became man and hope came into the world. So let's put ourselves in the shoes of those involved. When you weigh it against our customs, the first portion of the passage can be confusing. Verses 18 and 19, when his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. 
Now, this section is written to an audience that would have been well familiar with the marriage customs of the day. God worked and still works through humanly devised customs, and he did a miraculous miracle. And one of the reasons that you can embrace the hope of Jesus right now in your life is because he's intimately involved in your life. After all, there's hardly anything more intimate than marriage, divorce, and pregnancy. And here's where Mary and Joseph found themselves in their relationship and how the rules worked in Hebrew culture, because it's far different than the way we do it now here in the United States. Marriages were arranged arranged by parents, and contracts were negotiated. When an agreement was reached, the individuals were considered to be married, and they were even called husband and wife, but they didn't live together. The couple lived with their own parents for one year. Now, this next part sounds very sexist by our standards. Um, This waiting period was to demonstrate the faithfulness of the bride. If she became pregnant during this time, she obviously wasn't pure, and therefore the marriage would be annulled. If she proved to be pure, they would begin to live together as husband and wife and consummate their marriage physically. So Matthew's narrative really should be read with this background in mind, because the events that transpired have been crushing, or would have been crushing for Joseph, or any man for that matter. Because he knew that if the news became public, Mary would be stoned to death. That was the penalty for infidelity for the woman. So instead, he planned on quietly divorcing her. But God didn't abandon Joseph. He didn't push his feelings to the side. He knew this man's heart. Joseph was definitely a believer in Yahweh, and he was an honorable, just man. And and we'll see in just a moment that God sent Joseph a personal message. But God's work in this instance means that you can be assured that he's watching over you too. He had plans for you before you were born. In Psalm 139 verses 15 and 16, we read this, my frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret intricately woven in the depths of the earth? Your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there was none of them. What an amazing thought. God was watching over you when you were still in the womb, and now Joseph was about to discover how personal and awesome God's love really is. And that's where you can find hope, because God knows you so well, and he's intimately involved in all facets of your life. So here's Joseph. I mean, you talk about trauma. My goodness. In his mind, he's lost his bride. She's been unfaithful to him. And hope must have seemed so very far away. But this is also where God shows up. Jesus was coming into the world, and Joseph would be used by God to protect 
Mary. An angel then delivers some startling news in verses 20 and 21. But has he considered these things? Behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Wow. So there it is. Messiah was on his way. Hope was finally coming. And you can find hope in God's intricate work in your life, and you can embrace the hope of Jesus because God's plan for you is absolutely perfect. An angel told Joseph that Mary's condition wasn't a result of unfaithfulness. It was a supernatural work of the Holy Spirit. Mary's child would be unique in every way. He would save people from their sins. And because of Jesus, hope had landed in a dying world that was desperately in need of redemption. God was working out a perfect plan. Now, obviously, the instruction to call the new baby Jesus is important. The name actually means Savior, and the term Son of David is a messianic title. It fits with the prophet Jeremiah's description of the name and nature of Messiah. In Jeremiah 23, 5, the Bible says, Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I shall raise up for David a righteous branch, And he shall reign as king and deal wisely and shall execute justice and righteousness in the land. God's plan was perfect. Jeremiah alluded to the Lord's Davidic lineage some 600 years before the angel visited Joseph. It's a long time. You see, Yahweh had made a promise to David regarding this line 400 years before that. And you can trace this covenant promise all the way back to Abraham, who lived about 3,400 years ago. And so this was no accident. It had been planned. Hope was on the way all that time. Now listen, there are times in all of our lives when we just can't see a positive outcome. All doors seem to be closed. Prayers seem unanswered. God seems distant. And this seems to be especially true during the holiday season when we it's almost demanded of us that we're happy and we want to be with people and that pain inside is kind of shoved to the side. But what I want you to do is really see What's happening here? The birth of Christ is the fulfillment of thousands of years of prophecy. The Savior of the world was enlisted for his mission eons ago. You see, God is in the business of doing big things. So don't give up hope. His plan was to give us Jesus, and it was a long time in the making. If he can do that, he can help you. So here was this poor guy, Joseph, who thinks he's lost everything. 
But what was really taking place is that he and Mary would raise the Son of God, Savior of the world. Now that's a plan. And the best part of this whole big thing is found right at the end of this passage in Matthew 1, 22 and 23. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. This passage shows so clearly that God is intricately involved in your life and that he has a plan for you that's beyond anything that you can see. But even more, you can embrace the hope of Jesus because he's your God. And don't let this truth escape you. It's amazing and it's relevant. Mary's miraculous conception fulfilled Isaiah's prophecy in Isaiah 7:14, the text reads, Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Her son would truly be that. God with us. Do you see that? Because God is with us, that means God is with you. And for Joseph, this news had to be life-giving because he was no longer afraid to take Mary into his home. We, we see this back in verse 20. Do not fear to take Mary as your wife. And sure, there would be gossip and misunderstandings about their child's uh, legitimacy. But now he knew the true story. And he must have rejoiced that he was chosen to be part of it. I mean, when he discovered the breadth of God's plan, he must have thought, who cares what people say? Joseph knew that Emmanuel, God with us, isn't just a Christmas title. It's a life-changing truth that can help you live without fear. Because Jesus isn't a God or a distant figure who roamed the countryside spewing wisdom he was and is much more than that. He is the Son of God who came to save. If you are a Jesus follower right now, at this moment, you have within you the fullness of God. You are indwelled by Christ, the Savior of the world. So go do something about that. I mean, who can stop you? The devil himself couldn't stop this eternal plan to bring the hope of Jesus into our world. So, go heal that estranged relationship. It doesn't matter who's right and wrong. You have Emmanuel living inside of you. He'll sort all that out. Go to that job interview with courage. God with us means God is with you. Tell that person in your sphere of influence that Jesus loves them and can save them. The one who came to save his people from their sins will certainly go with you. Go get help for that addiction. You have God within you. He can deliver you. I know the Apostle Paul believed this in Ephesians 3, 
14 through 19, he wrote this. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. You have within you the fullness of God. And that's amazing. Because on that faithful night, when the star was shining bright, and the shepherds were visited by angels, God sent Emmanuel, God with us, and he is with you now and always. And if you aren't a Jesus follower, I beg of you to ask him to be in charge of your life. Because if you do, you too will have the fullness of God in you. You won't be God, but the power of God will be available to you. Jesus came to save his people from their sins. He came to save you from your sin and the wrath of God that is aimed at sin. So just tell him, I believe in you. I'm sorry for my sins. I commit my life to you. I want to follow you always. And you will be saved. You will live in heaven forever. So listen, Christmas is here. And life can be so hard during the holidays. It can be so full of sadness The things that we miss can be like a sharp pain deep inside of us. But just remember what's important. God is with you. He cares about every part of your life. His plan of salvation is amazing, beyond comprehension, and you are a recipient of it. And best of all, he is your God. I began our time together by talking about hope, hope that so many people are looking for, hope that you may be looking for. Well, that hope has a name, and his name is Jesus Christ, and he's available to you right now. And you can live with joy. You can live with confidence. You can live with courage. You can survive the holidays. You can find joy in the holidays. You can celebrate during the holidays, even if there's been a loss. When you acknowledge and embrace Jesus, who is the only hope for the world. Don't let this Christmas go by without embracing Jesus, without revisiting your faith or reaching out to Jesus for the first time. Maybe ask a friend how to do that. Maybe ask a pastor. Pick up your Bible. Hop online and type in, how can Jesus help me? 
This is the time to do that because the holidays only come once a year, and I don't want you to let them fly by without doing some major business with God. Hope is available to you. Hey, I want to thank you for listening to Life Support and to this special program on this Christmas weekend. Life Support is made possible by wonderful partners, First Faith Radio, and you can reach them at MyFaithRadio.com. Five Stone Media provides a video of each of our podcasts, and you can just hop on their website at FiveStoneMedia.com and find that. And check us out at Ridgewood Church. If you need support, we have a care page, and all you have to do is hop online and in your browser type www.irwc.org care. And that will get you to a page that will help you in any area that you might be struggling. So I hope this was an encouragement to you. I want you to have a very Merry Christmas and may God's blessing be poured upon you and your family. And thank you so much for listening to Life Support. For listening to this life support podcast. These conversations are available because of listener support. You can make a gift now at myfaithradio.com. To avoid missing future editions of life support, subscribe to the podcast today at iTunes or your podcast player. And thanks for sharing this audio link with a friend and grow the impact of life support.